0: What an amazing conversation we're having in this series of Ages and Stages. Are you enjoying it? What about you online? Are you having a good time with this conversation? Uh, If you are just joining us for the first time, please pop into the chat what generation you identify as. I'm putting my hand up as a Gen Xer. Is that right? Yep. (laughs) Well, last week we had a group of seniors who took up Sandy's challenge in week one to come and visit Hope Discovery Kids. And I've already had some come up and just say, what an amazing experience that was. But it was an amazing experience for Melissa, our children's pastor, and the team. They felt so encouraged and the children loved having the seniors in there. In fact, we're actually thinking, wouldn't it be great to have a grandparent on duty every week at Hope Discovery Kids? So if anyone feels called to that, we're really interested in hearing from you because we know that we're unique in the church in many ways of being an intergenerational community and it's a powerful thing. So today, we're talking about teens. I was waiting for that. Um, it's exciting. I've, I have found an image that describes this agent stage. Can we pop that one up for everyone? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Some minute, some of, of the time teenagers, you are like, woo, we've got this. And other times you are white knuckling it and it's out of control. And guess what? Your parents get to come along for the ride. So parents, we don't need that image anymore, we can get that down. Parents, this one's for you. Right, you're wondering why she got that. This is essential. You go like this. You need to breathe through the teenage years. Teenagers, that can also be really helpful for you. The good news is, just like a roller coaster, it does not last forever forever, and at the end you get to get off. So, one of the key things to help you survive through this, I believe, is your faith in Jesus. As a parent, and a previous teen, I know how much I relied on that. And so today I want to begin our conversation just grounding us in a little bit of wisdom from the good book known as the Bible. So I want to check out the relationship between Samuel and Eli. Eli is a high priest and Samuel has been dedicated by his parents at a very early age to the temple, and he served under Eli. And so we're picking it up in 1 Samuel 3, verses 3 to 5, I'm looking at here. And it says, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. One night Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Now, I'm not going to read all of it. I just want us to stop and notice something here. Eli is no longer able to tend the lamps in the courtyard of the tabernacle because he's nearly blind. He's not going to know when they're going out. And this is a significant job because they were to be lit perpetually, never to go out. And so Eli has sons and they are priests. I would expect, wouldn't you, that his sons would be doing that job. But no, it's Samuel we find who's doing that. And we find out in the previous 1 Samuel 2, that Eli's sons are described as scoundrels. They're unreliable and selfish, with no regard for the Lord. That's pretty unfortunate when you're a priest. So Eli can't trust his sons and Samuel is there. Interesting to note that Samuel has also been raised by Eli He's been shown how to serve God in the temple and he is obedient and diligent. He's the opposite to Eli's own sons. Yet they've both been raised by the same father. Let's move on. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. And we know that messages from God were rare. And I want to acknowledge the work of Rachel Turner here who developed a course called Parenting for Faith because she points out that one, what we want to get from these passages is that God had a message. He hadn't spoken for a very long time and that wasn't for Eli. It was for Samuel because he calls him by name. And Samuel has no experience of God speaking. So Eli teaches him how to respond to God's voice. And make note of this, it's really important. Eli doesn't put himself in the middle of Samuel and God. He connects them and he stays out of the way. How tempting it must have been for Eli to want to be part of that conversation. But he doesn't do that. And I think for parents and for leaders of teens, it's really important that we don't take on a high priest role and get in between teenagers and God. We need to connect them so they understand God's voice and they build their own relationship. And so. Moving on through this story, we see that Samuel hears from God and what a challenging message that is. And what I want to note is age and experience does not trump youth and inexperience. God looks at the heart And I think that Eli's mistake was not about the fact that his sons were rebellious, but it was actually that he didn't intervene and remove them from their position as priests. He should have feared God over family reputation, over having an easy life. God gives Samuel this really difficult task of speaking up to authority and power. And it's also a test. Will he fear God or Eli? And Samuel passed that test. Leaders and adults, we need to be willing and humble as Eli was enough to listen to our teens and discern whether God is speaking through them. So there's some really great insights up there from this relationship between Samuel and Eli. And now I'm really excited to invite some panel members up who are going to join me in a conversation. And I've got Cam Spalding, who um, has been a wonderful MC. He is a high school teacher as well as a parent. And I have Brady Maynard and Tom Cogger, who are representing teens today. Give them a big cheer. Come and join me, guys. Okay. Um, So our key verse for this um, whole series is Galatians 16, verse 10. Can we just get that popped down? Um, So then, whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all, and especially for those of the family of faith. So that's really the grounding around what we're doing here today. And I've got some questions that I've already teamed up with these guys. So we're going to kick off Cam with how is the world fragile and uncertain for teenagers?
1: Yeah, uh, good question. And uh, I think at the moment we're in a stage where uh, our teens are more connected than ever. Um, But what they're hearing is so many conflicting ideas um, from where, where they are looking at, whether it's social media or advertising, whether it's friends, family. Uh, teachers, youth group, church, they're all telling them pretty different things, particularly surrounding areas of their identity. The the whole idea of who am I, what do I believe, what are my values. Um, And I think that that's a challenge. I I think that our teens can feel pretty insecure in in what they believe when they're getting bombarded with messages that are all conflicting from different points of view. Um, I think as a society as well, We're going more and more to a way of that each individual should be able to construct their own truth Mm. uh, about their spirituality, their morality, um, their values. And that can just be really um, unsettling for for our young people. I think that they can struggle to align their compass towards the real truth when Mm. there is just so many different... Uh, perspectives that, that they're getting on, on on their real identity of, of who they are. Mm. And uh, I think that um, as well as that, with being connected and, and the peer pressure that comes that they see from the people around them that is so much more connected than perhaps even what I was used to, um, that all just makes things yeah pretty tricky for our teams.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Bridie? Um, I feel like
2: As children, um, everything's sorted out for you. The adults have all got it under control. You don't need to worry about anything. But as you start getting to teenage stage, um, you have to take responsibility for things. You have to get things under control. You have to organise things. And that can be quite scary. And there's a lot of pressure on teenagers to know what you're doing, have everything sorted out, like know what your plan is. But um, in reality, that's not how it feels, but... Mm -hmm. I think that, and I struggle with this a lot, I struggled with not being in control and that would stress me out and make me quite nervous about things, but um, we have to know that God's in control, so we don't need to worry. So it says in uh, Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So knowing that he's got it under control, so we don't need to worry. We still need to take responsibility and Mm -hmm. um, work on our actions and things, but we don't need to worry about what's going to happen in the future because he's got it all sorted out.
0: Yeah, Yeah. it's really good. (laughs) And even when you're doing that roller coaster spin out of control and things don't look like they're working... He made the tracks. Hang on. Yeah, yeah, that's great. He made the tracks. That's so good. Um, I guess I want to address... um, this question. How is the world fragile and uncertain for parents of teenagers? And I just felt that God was really putting that on my heart to talk about, you know, for Christian parents, our greatest fear, isn't it, that our teens won't develop their own personal relationship with God. And I just wanted to say that because I know from personal experience how challenging that is and you know ultimately none of us are in control and we can't ensure our children's eternity that's the truth of it god calls that's the work of the holy spirit so the most important thing we can do is introduce our kids to god help them to try to We try to help them develop their own relationship, but ultimately they must do that themselves. But we, parents, can pray for them. And for those of you who are not in that space, we, parents, need you to pray alongside us. And I have champions who pray over my sons, and they are dear to me. And we trust God. We trust that he will put wise mentors with our teenagers or our young adults or our prodigal older <laughs> children to walk alongside them, and we never give up. So I just wanted to put that out there and you know if you want to connect with me later, I'd be more than happy to journey in prayer with anyone. and online, um, please if that touches you, we've got online hosts, so you get in touch with them, you pop that in the chat and pray. All right, so the next question I've got for Bridie. Where are What are the ways that the church community can be a door of hope for teenagers?
2: Um, I think the most important way that I felt was uh, by strengthening the teenagers that are there and by uh, building up the young people within the church because by doing that, those young people can then go out into the other communities, like their school, like their sports, and they can go and disciple the other youth there. They can go and bring them into the church. And um, it says in 2 Timothy 2 verse 1 to 2, (laughs) "'You then, my child, be strengthened, "'that the grace that is in Christ Jesus "'and what you have heard from me "'in the presence of my many witnesses, "'entrust to faithful men "'who will be able to teach others also.'" And this is Paul encouraging Timothy to equip faithful men with the gospel um, who can then go and teach others. So in the same way, the church community can um, help to, yeah, encourage the younger generation. And I think that's been, in my life, that's been very present because um, I think without having such a vibrant youth and such a like awesome people here, Um, I wouldn't have felt nearly as confident to talk to people at my school Mm -hmm. about my faith and about how good God is. Awesome. Thank
0: you. Beautiful. And actually, I also want to ask that question of Cam. And Tommy's going to speak.
1: Sorry.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just holding this. We're just (laughs) up here for the looks.
1: (laughs) 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 Uh, He certainly lacks, uh, makes up for my lack of hair, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, what was the question again? <laughs> I think this is where we're spiralling out oh, of control. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, look, I think it's, it's really important, particularly uh, for us that are not part of, of the teenagers, to make sure that we engage and uh, really listen to our young people. Um, I think that having really earnest conversations with them about um, their questions, um, you know, without judgment of them about their questions, maybe their concerns or doubts, um, but also listening from maybe the things that they're passionate about, their dreams and perhaps where they they think that um, God is leading them. Um, Having those conversations and engaging with them is really important. And I think more broadly as a a church, um, you know, I talked about all these competing ideas, and I think for us, we need to set a really firm foundation um, for them in terms of um, the gospel, in terms of uh, what a biblical worldview looks like, uh, in terms of um, what the, the truth is, uh, so that, you know, in amongst all the deafening noise that they've got, the church can be a sense of clarity uh, and perhaps uh, a, a sort of compass bearing that they can set themselves to in amongst everything that, that they're, they're sort of being exposed to.
0: Yeah, great. Thank you. Yep. So, Tom, this is your moment. As a community, <laughs> how can we affirm and mobilise teenagers?
3: Oh, it's such a good question. Um, to be honest, I'm so passionate about this because I think... There's, there's so much that God wants, and he's got such a plan and purpose for young people. Um, and the thing is, he, he's actually got a plan and purpose for them now, not just when they grow up. He's actually got a plan and purpose for the young people now. Um, so, so what I want to say is that I think we've got to really be, as, as um, older people who, who we look up to, who I look up to, um, we've got to be leading by example. We got to be like Cam said, is by um, the biblical worldview. We got to be showing them what the Bible says. You know, leading them to the word, um, like similar to Eli. You got to be pointing them to Jesus, and not um, and not just be in the way, not be in between, not taking all the all the control. Um, so for for points, I think sometimes we can think they're leaders tomorrow and not today, but reality, we got to be giving them a bit of responsibility. We got to be teaching them how to do it. So Eli didn't just like go oh I'm blind now now you can do the candles he said oh he must have taught him how to do it you know because otherwise Sam would be like oh what the flip am I doing you know (laughs) so we you know and then and then it was like oh I'm blind I can't help you so we've got to be leading them to Jesus but we also got to be leading them in responsibility and this can be tough because I know that um that some of us young people we don't do the job as well so you guys might give us responsibility and we might fail you sometimes you know, we might not turn up, we might let you down, we might break your heart, but the reality is, we got, you guys, or we, have to be, or like, I can do it for my young people as well, I've got people that I'm trying to lead up, who I'm trying to disciple, so we've got to be giving them responsibility, even in the little, little things, setting up tables, let's give them the responsibility and not do it ourselves.
0: Awesome. That's good. Yep. Well said, Tom. Bridie, what's your words of advice? Um, there was two things that
2: kind of came to mind with this question. Um, I think the first thing that can affirm and mobilise teenagers is personal relationships, especially the intergenerational ones, um, because they can be so formational in your faith and I can, like, from personal experience, they are, like, so important. Um, and you can see that in One Samuel with Eli, the way that he, the way that he guides Samuel instead of, like Tom said, instead of taking over the job, um, and, and then also creating a safe space. Because when you're at this age, there are big questions that you start thinking of. And there's so many, like you start forming an opinions on the things that are going on around the world. And by creating a safe space to talk with other like-minded people, you can have dangerous conversations in a safe place. And so like Door of Hope does with our youth group, we can chat to the people around us and also have discussions where you don't agree. Um, because that can help you to know your opinion better or even change your opinion.
1: Mm.
2: Um, and then that can give you more confidence to go out and talk to other people about those things that might be tricky conversations. Um, so, yeah, by creating a safe space as well.
0: Very good. Yep. <clears throat> Isn't it great? It's, uh, it's really important for us to hear the voice. It's so good. Thanks, guys. So we've got some big questions that teenagers predict navigate. Um, Who am I? Where do I belong? Why should I believe? How can I matter? And what will I do? Which of these foundational questions resonate with you? Have you processed them? Who or what has been key in this for you? Cam, I'm going to throw to you.
1: Uh, sure. I guess the the one that sort of stuck out to me is the the why should I believe? And I guess a bit of my story is that I was lucky enough to grow up in a a, in a Christian home and um, was really fortunate to have that upbringing. But um, I think no matter what upbringing you've had, it's in those teenage years where. Um, you have a truth that you've believed because that's what you've known from what your parents have told you, but then you go through that stage where you have to you start thinking about these things and go, well, actually, what do I believe about where I come from? Where am I going? How did we get here? Who am I? All those sorts of things. And I think, uh, for me, you, you go through that thing and you start thinking, well, do my par- are my parents right? I've, what I've been told is, is that true? And I guess I was lucky enough to have um, some people around me. I had some connections with particularly some older people who had been there before me that answered some of those questions uh, and was able to, as Bridie and Tom have talked about, by being engaged with them and having those discussions, was able to help me in that. It wasn't the be all and end all, but I think having those older, wiser people in your life is really important. So I think for our younger generation, Really look to see who you trust and who you can have those meaningful conversations with. Um, And for those of our older people, look for ways that you can sow in. If you've got some uh, uh, some wisdom over the years, look for ways that you can sow into our young people's lives. Mm -hmm. I guess the only other part is that for particularly our teens, it's really important that you look where you're searching your answers from. Mm Um, we're all searching for answers, but really be careful about where you, where you search those answers from yeah. um, because if you look um, to social media and, and the internet and what that says, mm-hmm. um, it's probably not necessarily going to be as helpful as looking for people that you trust, people that are older and wiser. So don't just look for who's convenient, um, but really think about who you can uh, search out for that um, advice because that really certainly helped me. So.
0: Yeah. Tom?
3: Tom? Um, what you said was awesome I really agree with all that and I think um, to go off that is all these questions we go through I feel like we all go through this um, time where we question all of these questions when we're in the teenage years we always are asking you know um, where, what, what am I here for I feel like it's because as teenagers we're always seeking something we're seeking something to live for what what is worthy for me to live for you know I don't want to just live and then that's it I want to have purpose so I think for all these questions um, they're so foundational, we always have them, and often they can be um, doubtful, and they can be worry- worrisome, um, and we can be worried about what the impact, because the world tells us so much about who we are with these questions, but the thing is, we've we got to not go to the world for the answer, we, we don't need to go to the people around us, we can go to the Word of God, and I think that's so amazing, incredible for me, because everything in the world, <coughs> sorry, everything in the world is um, is so, un, un, so shaking all the time it's not stable um, so you try to lean on it and it just falls away and it fails you but the word of God is truth so I can lean on it and know that it's truth so with all these questions we can go to the word of God and get our answer like who am I? well I'm a child of God you know where do I belong? I belong in the Father's arms so for all these questions we can go to the word and, and we can find the truth not just our truth but the truth yeah. and then we can really build our foundation and our, and our faith off um, the word of God So for me, having people around me that support that and agree with that and push me um, and see a vision and a gift in me, and they try to push me into that and challenge me um, and encourage me to jump into that is so amazing. So yeah.
0: So good. All right. Well, I would love you to just express your appreciation to our panel. And um, I just want to sum up in closing, every age and stage has its own predictable crises and the buffer in every stage is to be known and loved. And I think there are some lessons that we can sum up today. For adults, we need to model. It's our job to show the teenagers how to serve God. We need to connect Don't count yourself out. Don't feel like you have no value. You've heard it today. We are valuable in the lives of our teenagers. And we need to connect them with God and get out of the way and let him do what only God can do. And we need to listen to these guys. God can and does work through teens. So we need to provide them with these opportunities And when we hear their voice, how inspiring is it? And we have to be willing to listen to what they have to say. And I'm really, I'm really proud to be part of a church who values their teens. And teenagers, you need to learn, find good spiritual role models, and find out how they have grown their faith. You need to hear. God above all others. The greatest role models you will ever find are flawed human beings and we will let you down, so don't idolise us. Speak. Be bold in fulfilling all that God asks of you and try to do it respectfully. (laughs) And I'm going to close with 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love.